This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And a very special Taco Tuesday it is on WABC Talk Radio 77 if you'd like to be part of our Taco Tuesday program. All you have to do, dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Mark Stein will be here with us today. Megan Kelly will be here with us today. And you will be with us on the phones, 800 800- 848-WABC, 800-848-9222 on this Taco Tuesday. Now, there is, okay, yes, of course there's news. There's plenty of news. What I'm going to do first is not necessarily, it's not breaking news. It's not stuff that you absolutely have to know. But to me, it was just hysterically funny. It is our friend Don Lemon. Don Lemon on CNN, on the new CNN was talking about what liberals like to talk about, money. They are obsessed with money, other people's money. He had a guest on, and Don Lemon was talking money and race. So Mr. Lemon was referring to both money and race with a guest. He wanted to know, as wealthy as the Brits are, How come they don't fork over reparations for people? I mean, people want to know. This was one of the most hysterical exchanges I have ever heard on the topic. Well, this is coming when, you know, this all of this wealth and you hear about it comes as England is facing rising costs of living, a living crisis, austerity budget cuts and so on. And then you have those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism and they're wondering you know a hundred billion dollars 24 billion dollars here and there 500 million there some people want to be paid back and uh, and members of the public are wondering why are we suffering when you are you know you have all of this vast wealth those are legitimate concerns well i think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it though what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain where was the beginning of the supply chain that was in Africa, and when across the entire world, when the slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished sla- uh, slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce, was the British. In, in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages, waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, 
who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages. Absolutely, that's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. Don Lemon simply thanked her after that interchange. Well, that's an interesting take. He didn't push back. He didn't blow his stack. He didn't yell. He didn't scream. He didn't have a hissy fit. He took it. Took it in the short, so to speak. Because, my friends, I surmise that what was going on, Donovan was sitting there thinking to me, I can't believe this woman is saying this. I can't believe. No. She said, what? And then he realized, I've got a new gig. It's in the morning. I can't blow this. If I say something wrong, I'm going to be out of work. I need a job. I have to stay this new CNN thing. And so the guest, Hillary with one L, Hillary Fordwich, kind of just, I guess, laid it on old Don. Just, yo, bro, let's go back to the beginning. You know, like a do-re-mi thing. Where do we start? Let's start at the beginning. And there will be no reparations for you, Don. Yes, it was worthy. We're going to take a break early today because we have two guests coming on. I want to make sure that both of them have time. Our very own Mark Stein, of course, and we can't wait to hear from Mark. So much has happened this past week. And Megan Kelly. So let's do that. Take a break. When we come back, Mark Stein will join us. And later on, and in the next half hour, Megan Kelly will join us. James Golden, Boston Nervous Rush Hour here on WABC, coming back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. About Martha's Vineyard invasion. Mm, tragic. Hashtag Martha's Vineyard strong. Pound Martha's Vineyard. Bring your hungry, bring your weary, bring your sick, and bring your poor, but keep your ass off Martha's Vineyard. He's always mistakenly British. Teen Crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Mark Stein. And here he is live from Martha's Vineyard, I think. <laughs> it is <laughs> palatial estate. <laughs> Overlooking the Atlantic Ocean, yeah, the the big <laughs> pond. <laughs> oh, must uh, die. <laughs> yeah, 
I have no desire to go to Martha's Vineyard whatsoever. That is one of the very last places on earth you will find me. Bring your hungry, bring your weary, bring your sick. And bring your poor, but keep your ass off Martha's Vineyard. Don't come back no more. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, right. Mark, before we get to Martha's Vineyard, you have to explain to me how the President of the United States ends up in the last, what was it, the last row before the door, the exit yeah. doors? <laughs> yeah. This is fantastic. I mean, this is the first time ever, I think, that a president has gone to a an american president has gone to a royal funeral because that's what the vice president is for that's you know you've had you've had a hundred years of jokes that the vice president is the guy who gets to to go to funerals and nothing else but biden decided he wanted to go as usual he, he went in the usual way so he flew in on the air force one then there's somebody else uh, on uh, the decoy Air Force One, they fly. So in case anybody attacks Air Force One, they shoot the wrong Air Force One out of the sky. They fly in his big limousine, the Beast. They fly in the 127-car motorcade. They fly in thousands of the Secret Service guys with the reflector shades and the telephone cord hanging out of their ears. They fly in all these people. And Biden gets to Westminster Abbey and finds that he and the First Lady have been seated in the cheap seats right at the back. <laughs> the, first, the First Lady finds herself, so-called, finds herself sitting next to this guy, so says uh, politely, oh, uh, what do you do? Have you come far? And the guy goes, I'm the president of Switzerland. <laughs> Nobody... Nobody who's Swiss can name the president of Switzerland, never mind anybody outside Switzerland. So he's like completely insulted. He sees he's sitting there. He sees not just like the king of Sweden waltzing up to the great seats at the front, but like total losers like Jacinda Ardern and Justin Trudeau waltzing up, <laughs> waltzing up to the front. And he's stuck there next to this president of Switzerland and he's furious. At the end, he's like, he's sick. He gets to the door of Westminster Abbey when it's all over and he goes, because again, if you, if you, you know what it's like in church, the people at the front leave first. Right. So if you're stuck in the cheap seats with the, you can't barge past the president of Switzerland and say, do you mind getting out of the way? I'm out of here. But he gets to the door and he's, and he's sick of it and he's sick of it and he just orders the 127 car motorcade to drive him back to the airport and he gets on uh, the Air Force One and gets out of there. And the other, but they've made him fly into Stansted Airport, not Heathrow, or because they didn't want his, his thing clogging up Heathrow with all the other people. So he's got to go hours to Stansted Airport, which is just this crummy airport that's mainly used by Ryanair. A... They wouldn't even let him go to Gatwick? No. So he flies into Stansted, which is mainly used by Ryanair, which is this low-budget uh, Irish airline named after a guy called Ryan. And, <laughs> and they fly, they'll fly you to the Greek islands for like £4.75. So, so it's all the riffraff there. So it's not enough. It's, it's not enough that he's with all the riffraff in Westminster Abbey. He's also with all the riffraff 
when he gets to the airport. So he had a totally terrible time. And I'll be surprised, you know, if by the end of the show he hasn't nuked London or at least some <laughs> outlying island, you know. Well, I mean, you got to... You got to forgive it. I mean, the thing is, the uh, the State Department and Washington are furious uh, because even though you know it's her funeral, uh, Biden makes a much better corpse than anybody else there. <laughs> well, well, wait a minute now. So you've got all these potentates and these 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 human traffic. Well, people accused of all sorts of things from mm. from some of our favorite countries in the world where torture and all that stuff is i mean he must have felt like one of these ultra mega guys i mean you know. <laughs> <laughs> no he it, well the funny thing was everyone you know every this is what so if you flew into heathrow uh as a head of government or a head of state or a king or whatever you you went to the abbey on a bus because they didn't want all they didn't want all these entourage type things uh, clogging up the place, and so all the all the other prime ministers and the kings and all that they're all on these buses having a grand old time because it's like exciting. You know, how often does a king get to ride on a bus? So they're all <laughs> they're they're all like having a fun time. Thing. Oh, this is I haven't ridden on a bus since I was at school. This is fantastic. <laughs> and, and Biden with his hundred twenty seven car, and you know Macron. Uh, goes Macron puts on a pair of sunglasses and goes out on the streets of London uh, with uh, Brigitte and is just like strolling around. I this whole hundred and twenty-seven car motorcade—it's not really in the spirit of the thing. He should drop that. He should drop that racket. Well, I just love it. I mean, th and of course Donald Trump never misses a beat. He's, he was. I saw a story last. He said they would have never treated me like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about it is, I like the way the assumption is that they did this to him deliberately. You know, which I certainly hope. I mean, I would think that's fat. I mean, that's fat. I think it's it might, it might just have been the Duke of Norfolk who was organizing the whole thing. But the the idea of the. <laughs> You normally with these things, you learn where you're sitting because you want to be. But, but the other thing is, whenever he he's he is never alone for very good reasons. It might be just, you know, when he was at COP26, there were all these rumors that he'd accidentally broken wind in front of Camilla. And so there's all these. Uh, there's oh, all the, goodness. There's all these, uh, well, it was, uh, you know, I wouldn't normally talk about these things, but they devoted like five pages to it in the Daily Mail. So, uh, so the whole, the whole bit, I mean, the, this suspicion that they did it to him deliberately, well, you I know, think is fantastic. When the Queen was alive, although he was, you know, Mr. Good Two-Face and smiled and yucked it up with her, he made some pretty disparaging comments about the English royalty and, and talked about how his mother hated the queen and his mm. mom hated because of the Irish roots. She hated them. So yeah. I wonder if any of that stuff circulated, hence the airport. Well, <laughs> they too. so well, you're going to go. <laughs> he did say, I think this was, uh, you know, during the 
quote-unquote peaceful transition of power for three months. But I think one of, I think the BBC reporter went up to him just after he'd supposedly been quote-unquote elected and said, uh, Mr. President, have you anything to say to the BBC? And Biden just snapped back at him, I'm Irish, and carried on walking. And, and so there is, I mean, I have no idea why he wanted to go to this funeral in the first place. And I think, you know, I like monarchies and I like republics. But I think if you have a republic, then you shouldn't necessarily be eager to go to uh, monarchical funerals. But you certainly shouldn't go with a 127 car entourage. And the whole the whole imperial presidency, I think, is just revolting and I don't like it. Um, and when I think of those, uh, you know, there was Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands there, who I spent a delightful couple of days with uh, a few years back. Also, Queen Sophia, mm. Queen Sophia of Spain. And uh, they're all they're like they're very grand. They're queenly ladies, but they're not as queenly as, you know, Hillary or Nancy Pelosi. And uh <laughs> And, and that's and it comes to something when you think, oh God, I gee, I can't, I'm, I'm tired of being treated like dirt by Nancy Pelosi. I'm going to go over to the other side of the room and room and shoot the breeze with the Queen of the Netherlands. I mean, there, there's something wrong with these, with the grandeur of these all these people. Speaking of grandeur, now let's talk about Martha's Vineyard and and Air DeSantis. Uh, the <laughs> liberals are having a cow. They're looking for criminality. They've got one little sheriff somewhere in Texas who doesn't have enough crime in his neighborhood. Mm. He wants to bring charges against DeSantis. Gavin Newsom's out <laughs> mouthing about, let's see whether we can... I need new hair gel. Let's see whether we can get some charges laid against DeSantis. This was brilliant. And it has... They all think that this is going to doom Republicans in November. What say you? Oh, no, not at all. The whole point of liberal enclaves like Martha's Vineyard or wherever you want to name, or Malibu, for example, it's the same thing. Uh, you you uh, do not wish to live. The whole point of modern liberalism is that you don't get to live with the pathologies that you impose on others. So you can open the southern border, but you're not opening the borders of Martha's Vineyard. Uh, and that's the way they think. That's the way they live. And it's just fantastic, I think, to just shove it, uh, to, to shove it in their face. Because ultimately, by the way, when they wreck the country, eventually it will get to them. Eventually it will reach Martha's Vineyard. So actually, Ron DeSantis is, is just doing a... Uh, we, we, I mean, and particularly when it comes to this gesture politics, three little shishi towns in New Hampshire voted to become basically sanctuary towns at town meeting day a couple of years ago to show to, just as an act of virtue signaling. And I said at the time, I'd love it if MS-13 in Massachusetts just said, hey, great, let's move up there and wreck those shishi little New Hampshire towns. Because this kind of thing where you don't, liberalism is all about you not living with the consequences of the garbage you impose on everybody else. So this is fantastic. Well, Mark, what a week this has been. Now that the pandemic is over, my friend, uh, declared <laughs> over by Joe Biden, is it time for us to start planning the cruise? And I wonder what destination you have in mind when we start planning for this year. 
Can we go somewhere exciting, somewhere where there's a monarch? And can we not sit in the back row if we get a chance to go aboard? <laughs> no, no, actually, no. I would, uh, I would love to have that world back, and I don't. I, I certainly don't want to operate the same seating plan. I don't want to treat you as badly as Westminster Abbey treated the President of the United States. You don't deserve that. You deserve better than that. Thank you, Mark. How's everything? Tell people where they can find you. Uh, they can find me at Stein Online, S-T-E-Y, that is, as in, why do I have to hear this snooty foreigner when I just want to hear red-blooded all-Americans like Mr. Snurdly and the fabulous Megan Kelly, who's coming up. Mark Stein, and you can also, GB News, my friends, and Mark, the work there is terrific. Thank you so much, Mark. We'll join you next week. Thanks a lot, James. Always a pleasure. WABC Talk Radio 77, Snurley's Rush Hour, Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. We are coming back in one moment. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Jim Croce brings us back. WABC. Talk Radio 77. Today, of course, Jim Croce's birthday, which is why we're celebrating his music. Joining us is a person, a woman, who proves that you can have everything. You can have the most intense, incredible intellect. You can have the beauty. You can have the character, the integrity. And you can be great at what you do. Megan Kelly, how are you? That is the nicest intro anybody's ever given me. Thank you so much. I'm good. It is so awesome to speak with you. Megan, even Charlemagne the God is now saying that what DeSantis has pulled off by uh, sending via Air DeSantis 50 migrants to Martha's Vineyard is genius. Yet Democrats believe, and the other party, and, and many people on the other side believe that it will be the death knell for Republicans come November. What is your take? I, I'm with Charlemagne. <laughs> <They're>, they <laughs> wish it would be the death knell. It was a stroke of genius. And if the Democrats really are upset about this tactic of shipping migrants to lands farther north and east, they should take it up with their own president, who's been shipping them up here into our backyard in Westchester, New York, for the better part of a year, as documented on camera by the New York Post and Fox News and others. 
Uh, they, I guess they just don't like it when it's to a really rich Tony Island because they've been fine when it's to a really rich Tony suburb of New York. Um, the other thing is, I love that the, the Martha's Vineyard residents truly, like we went through this head-snapping routine in the 40 hours they were there of, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's such an honor. They changed our lives. Get out. Okay, now we're going to go visit them at Cape Cod Base. Aren't we good people? <laughs> it's like so amazing how they want credit for the way they treated them because – you know, they got coffee or they walked them down to see what a $26 hamburger, hamburger looks like. No one bought one for them. Then kicked them out. <laughs> then said, well, come visit. You enriched us. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I loved about uh, the entire episode was the way that some of the people with the signs on their front yard, the signs BLM, Oh, we care. We love refugees. We love everybody. And these were the same people. One of them actually came out and spoke and talked about they didn't have the infrastructure. We don't have the infrastructure in town to handle this many people, 50 Mm -hmm. migrants. And then they called 125 National Guard to escort them away. It's absurd. And actually said, had the nerve to say, I think this was from D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, who's been dealing with an influx, courtesy of Governor Abbott and others as well. We're not Texas. All right. So same messaging from both places. We're not we're not Texas. We don't have the infrastructure as if these Texas towns have the infrastructure to deal with more people coming in across the southern border illegally than they actually have in said Texas towns. Um, I'm trying to remember the one town, but there's one down there that has 146,000 people. They received more than that this past year. These towns are getting, in some instances, seven, 8,000 migrants in a couple of days. And they've been jumping up and down saying, please help us. And these places like Martha's Vineyard in Washington, D.C., look at them and say, don't be so racist. So God bless Governor DeSantis, because, yes, I actually think this could work in terms of shutting off the spigot that's been leading all these people to run across the southern border. And more importantly, this is an ends may justify the means kind of situation because, yes, it's not particularly nice to use these people as political pawns, but we've got people drowning. I watched video of a little boy almost drowned to death in the Rio Grande yesterday. At least one corpse a day is popping up down there from drownings in the area. So it's what you're not seeing, courtesy of the mainstream media, is far more brutal than a little excursion to Martha's Vineyard where everyone was treated appropriately. And by the way, they all signed consents anyway. Now, in the remaining moments we have left, I want to talk with you about what I consider to be the scandal of the century, in fact, the scandal of humanity, and that being the COVID pandemic. I'm not a denier that the pandemic took place. What I am, um, why I call it a scandal is because of the incredible misinformation drugs that were proven to work we were told by members of the mainstream press and political opponents didn't work uh um 538 uh nate silver said someone should look into whether the vaccines were delayed in order to accommodate the election so you have it on both sides there right now there are uh deaths that are being reported and some people are saying please look at the correlation between those deaths and the vaccine. We have vaccine makers that are inoculated from risk. We have all sorts of things. We still don't know where it, uh, 
how it originated, whether it was an accident or not. Yet Joe Biden says, okay, pandemic is over. And is it over? Mm-hmm. It's over. Uh, it's It's been over for a while. There's no official guideline for when a pandemic is done. It's kind of like you look around and you know whether it's done. And I think that re- remark was very telling because it shows you that he's not getting urgent updates every day on COVID in the White House. It's no longer a priority even for them. P.S. It hasn't been ever since they saw their electoral fortunes start to live or die based on whether the pandemic is in full swing. So even the White House recognizes we've moved on. And even these numbers that people are using now to try to slow him down on this, Democrats, of 400 people are dying a day of COVID. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. They've been doing that trick since the beginning of COVID. Of COVID or with COVID? Uh, I think it's an overstatement. And I think people really have moved on. And it's time for him to lift all federal mandates. There should be no more federal mandates. And he should not be able to use the pandemic as a justification for student loan, quote, forgiveness, which is a wealth transfer, or any other policy. There should be no more firings of Marines or National Guardsmen. There should be no more firings of teachers like we just saw this week in New York City, uh, between 800 and 2,000 teachers gone because they wouldn't get a vaccine, which has absolutely no effect on stopping the transmission of COVID. Um, And so it's time to admit reality that we're going to have to live with COVID. The pandemic's over. We need to move on. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. Megan Kelly, our time is up, sadly. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. By the way, I saw an uh, article in one of the uh, uh, trades that the Sunday shows are in dismal shape and that someone needs to come in and revive Sunday morning television. You have enough on your hands, however. I just thought, <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that to you. Okay. You are sweet. But I got to tell you, I have zero desire to go back to that life. I love the medium I'm in now. Megan, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. The pleasure was all mine. I'll do it anytime. Thank you. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. We have your telephone calls coming up. We have a few other stories to get to. Governor Hochul, by the way, says she didn't know anything about it. What am I talking about? Well, this massive fundraiser. Two of them, in fact, that raised all sorts of money for her. And then the contract for COVID tests just coincidentally happens to land in the laps of the people that held the fundraiser. Today, Hochul's out saying, uh-uh, didn't know anything about it. You didn't see me do it. I didn't do it. Can't prove I did it. Let's move it away. Anyway, Snurley here with you. WABC Talk Radio 77. We are coming back. We've got your calls. We've got more news right after this. Like the pine trees lining the winding road, I've got a name, I've got a name. Like the singing bird in the croaking toad, I've got a name, I've got a name. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. One of the most romantic, beautiful songs ever written. If I could save time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is to save every day till eternity passes away, just to spend them with you. If I 
could make days last forever If words could make wishes come true I'd save every day like a treasure And then again I would spend them with you But there never seems to be enough time To do the things you want to do once you find them Jim Croce brings us back on WABC. I looked around enough to know that you're the one I want to go through time with. Picking up on what Megan Kelly said, Mayor Eric Adams, of course, is now planning to end the vaccine mandate for private sector workers. The administration also plans to dispense with requirements for students who participate in extracurricular activities. That, according to Politico. So what about New York City employees? What about the people he fired? I still am burned to my heart every time I think about the despicable, cowardly actions of this mayor and the mayor before him. People who worked in our healthcare system, city workers, city workers who worked in the schools before they told everybody to start staying home. These people, especially when you start talking about healthcare workers, these people walked in to work not knowing whether they faced death or not. They literally didn't know. They didn't know how. At one point, the disease was being transmitted, whether it was airborne, whether it was from touch, whether if someone sneezed and sprayed a room with the germs and a tiny microbe got on them, whether that microbe would contaminate them. There were people working in hazmat suits that still got the disease. People didn't know. And yet, these brave human beings went into work and did their best to help other people. They risked their lives in service for their fellow man and woman. We had a government that sent people into nursing homes where the death rate spiraled out of control. Parents weren't allowed to see children. Children weren't allowed to see parents, family members. People died by the thousands, and some of them were unable to even be sent off with family members present to honor their lives because there was so much fear. And these people went to work anyway. And what did the mayors, de Blasio and Adams, do? They fired them as soon as the vaccine came out if these people had any reservation about taking vaccines. And now we know that these vaccines are not as risk-free as they claimed, that people had every right to be concerned about their own health. And in some cases, there are people now that are wondering if their relatives have died or have been seriously maimed because they took the vaccines. I am vaccinated. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Not by a long shot. However... People in a free society have a right to make intelligent decisions for themselves. And what did this cowardly mayor do? He fired these people, stripped away their livelihoods, and in some cases was so punitive and 
petty and vindictive that he wouldn't allow these people to even collect unemployment benefits. He ought to be ashamed of himself as the previous mayor, but they know no shame. They have no honor. And now he's talking about, oh, let's ease the mandate on the private sector. And he's not even talking about reinstating these people to their jobs, paying them for what they deserve. It is shameful beyond and cowardly beyond belief. And meanwhile, he gives exemptions to athletes, and he has for a while, who come into town to play a game. And it just so happens that campaign donations are part of the mix, too. I'll tell you something, folks. People should never forget what they've seen here. This tyranny by these petty dictators. Let us start on the telephones. Let us go to Tony in New Jersey. How are you this afternoon, Tony? You're on with Bo Snirdley. I'm doing great, sir. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, a couple of quick things. First of all, uh, an hour a day is not enough, and three hours on the weekend uh, on Saturday barely sa- satisfies. But uh, to move forward, I think, your, uh, I think your program should be a prerequisite for all college students. Uh, because they are definitely in need of having a broader opinion. And the third thing I'd like to say is the, uh, the Democratic Party, I believe, uh, has an ulterior motive. They want to uh, mess things up to the point where it would be relatively impossible for a four-year uh, term to correct. So, uh, And all along the way, I believe they're going to throw it in our face and say, you know what, you said you could do a lot, but you can't do very much. So, see, we were the guys that were doing everything that was right. But that's just bitter grapes, I guess. But uh, hopefully, uh, you know, they hear the message and uh, they understand that we're on to them. Well, thank you for those compliments. I appreciate them very, very much. And uh, about the ulterior motives of the Democrat, they have destroyed much of what Donald Trump proved could be done in a short period of time. Donald Trump did more in one term than Democrats and Republican presidents who have had two terms to revive the nation's economy, to inject optimism into the workforces and into the idea that jobs were not permanently lost. He took on China He took on NATO. He did so much in such a short period of time that even with the mess the Democrats have have now wrought on this country, and it is a mess what they've done, one of the things that he's proved that is not impossible if you have the political will to make decisions that will bring America back to the greatness that it deserves. Thank you again, Tony. Do appreciate you very much. Peter in Livingston, New Jersey. Hi, yeah. Peter. How you doing, Mr. Sergey? Uh, Joe Biden sat in the last row so he can get out first. He does it at church and, and weddings and everything. They don't have to say hello to everybody. He's out first, jumps in the car, and he's gone. Well, apparently, even they felt slighted because it is unusual for a president of the United States to be publicly snubbed in such a, in such a fashion. In fact, I don't recall it ever happening to any other president. It's an embarrassment. And Joe Biden certainly 
as president of the United States, should have been accorded more respect than he was given. And this is, as Donald Trump said, look what he's done to your country. They would have never done this to Donald Trump. They knew better. Jim, in after New York, welcome you on Boston Airways Rush Hour. How are you? Hey, James. Love the show. We do a right crowd. Thank you. Listen, I got a simple, simple um, answer. I'm sure there's thousands of FEMA trailers sitting in Florida and Texas. Okay, we, the the telephone line went out, Jim. I'm so sorry. I will try to hear from you again. I think what you were talking about was bringing FEMA trailers up there to the vineyard and what they – yeah, I would love to see that sight. Let's go to Brooklyn, New York, and Bob. Welcome, Bob. I'm going to remind you and everybody else that John Katzmatidis is up next, Cats at Night. Keep it here on WABC. Keep it the rest of the night here all day long, in fact, and we stream worldwide. Get the WABC app. Bob, how are you? Oh, fine, Bo. Thank you for your show. It was great. Two things I want to point out. Number one, I think the next bus load should go to Rehoboth Beach in Delaware. That would be perfect. It <laughs> should go on a Friday or a Saturday when, just when he goes home for his weekend soirees. The other thing is, it's no doubt in my mind, the British are very, very careful about p- protocol. They did this deliberately. And what uh, uh, Mark didn't mention, a couple of days before, he's uh, requested a, uh, a meeting with the prime minister. She snubbed him too, and she met other fields of state. This was deliberately done. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, it is a shame, and it's an embarrassment. Trisha in Connecticut, you're on Boston Airways Rush Hour. How are you this afternoon, Trisha? Hi, James. Um, I think they wanted to protect themselves from possible further embarrassment. Uh, our president, as corrupt and incompetent and embarrassing as he, as he is, they know he uh, can come pop up with some stupid comment or embarrassing thing. They probably wanted him out of camera range. And I blame Bogota Jill, as I've said before, <laughs> for us having this terrible, corrupt, incompetent, and embarrassing president. Yes, and- indeed. Bogota Jill. And what a great phrase to bring up on Taco Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Trisha. We appreciate you. Love you so much. Thank you. Gary, Staten Island. How are you this afternoon, Gary? Oh, to hell with the queen. Biden in the past said nasty stuff about the the, the queen. Good for him. Good for him. What do you have? Gary, don't be angry. What do you have against the queen? Everything. How about she, uh, the British bringing slavery uh, uh, to North America? Let's start with that. Huh? What are you going to Gary, 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 let's be intellectually honest here, please. It wasn't just the Brits. It was also the Portuguese. It was Spain involved in the slave trade, the French, Arabs, and by the way, Africans and Middle Eastern. There were a lot of people involved in the slave trade, Gary. It wasn't just the Brits. Go ahead. You're up. Uh, Yeah, that's it. Okay, Gary, thanks so much. Always a pleasure to speak with someone of such amazing intellect. Carolyn in Connecticut, welcome you on Boston Army's Rush Hour. Mr. Golden, that's quite an act to follow, what I just heard on the phone. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I know. This is my first call to a talk show host, and I'm choosing you because I like your show more than any other on on the radio. 
it, it's you. quite intellectual and it's uh, it's very deep and out of the deepness is the simplicity of thought and expression, which to me is the sign of a great intellect. So I, I love your work. Oh. I tell you why I'm calling. I tell you why I'm calling. Um, right now, I'm kind of looking at horses down the road, and this is a story about horses and Queen Elizabeth. I saw a quick tagline on the BBC on my internet phone saying Queen Elizabeth has special relationship with a cowboy. Then a couple of days later, no more, no more detail. A couple of days later, Queen Elizabeth's special friendship with a California cowboy. And I said to myself, I know who that is. I know the story. I'm going to see if anybody spreads the word about the story. No one has elaborated. So I called you because I want you to have the scoop. It's a very special story. Okay. We've got about a minute, so you're going to have to nail it. Go ahead. Okay, I'll be quick. The person involved is a cowboy in California who trains horses. His name is Monty Roberts. Okay, he wrote a book or someone wrote a book on him called um, Monty Roberts, The Man Who Talks to Horses, The Horse Whisperer. Bottom line, as a young child in California, he watched his father who broke horses for a living. And the cruelty and the, the horribleness that this kid witnessed, he said, I want to train horses, but I will never hurt them and harm the way my father does. So what he did was, in a gentle way, he worked out a protocol, and he invites horses to what he called join up. And within 30 minutes, he can get the most reluctant horse under saddle. Queen Elizabeth read about him. She invited him to England, a special horse ring. She came in quietly and sat in the gallery and watched Monty Roberts put a saddle on a horse that no one could ride. She, he went back to California. He has his own business. He's probably in his 80s now. The queen invited him back a second time, and he went through the, the routine again with one of the more difficult horses. She wanted to see what he could do with horses that she loved that, not, that does not involve cruelty in getting them to accept a saddle. And that's the story. That is a beautiful, wonderful story. It is so, it is wonderful. And thank you, Carolyn, for such wonderful words. That's it, folks. Time's up today. We'll be back tomorrow on WABC Talk Radio 77 for Bose Nervous Rush Hour at 4 o'clock. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the Blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.